what we've done is, like I said, this should be the last one in this series, protecting his house. And so two weeks ago, we taught about protecting his house, was about defending the Torah, the testimony of Yeshua, and the holiness of his house. That's what we did two weeks in from Yahweh's ways. We taught about keeping people on the right path and from drifting from Yahweh's ways. And that was also is this being a gatekeeper, being a doorkeeper, is these are the jobs that we have. And this week is going to be about being a faithful watchman. And as you can see, I'm going to keep my day job because I'm not an artist. Okay, so, but anyway, I try to do some eyes about watching. And just to let you see that, that we have these jobs as a gatekeeper in protecting your house as parents. That's where it has to start. It has to protect your house because I will tell you, like we've always said, Hasatan, Satan, is out to destroy the family. In the beginning, if you notice, this is one thing that Brad Scott stressed. It's about people. It's about a family. It's about house and about land. That's what the creation is all about. So what does Satan do? He comes in and he messes up Adam and Eve. He messes up a family. He goes in, he speaks to the woman, and we also saw that it passed down to Cain, where Yahweh came to him real quick, and he said this, he said, sin is crouching at the door, you need to master it. So we see here that it went on right down to the children, and the children's children, all the way down to the times of Noah, where he decided to start over again. There was a great flood, started over with what? A family. He didn't just start over with two, but he started over with a family. And he started over with a house, and he started over with land. So you see this is what's happening all the way through um, in these stories. But now that he has built his house, and now where we are in the day that Yeshua has already come, he has already ascended, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, he's making intercession for us, and he's equipped us by his Torah that he's given us, and by his Holy Spirit, his Ruach. He's equipped us to be able to do this, to make a mark on this earth for him and the time that he's given us. But now we're moving to the part to where we need to keep watch. And so we just want to cover some scriptures that talk about that. So the first thing we want to talk about is, is how did we get here to start with? And this is something that he said this. He said to all of Israel was recorded in genealogies. This is now when they're coming out of exile from Babylon back to the land. But he was saying this, he said, these are written in the book of the kings of Israel that Judah was taken into exile in Babylon because of something. And it was because of the breach of their faith. And this is one thing that will today get us messed up. If we end up having a breach in our faith and not doing what we're commanded to do. So let's jump down since you're there in chapter 9 to 27. This is something that as we've gone through all of these teachings... Hopefully, uh, if you hadn't been here and missed it, maybe you can go back and get the other ones and they'll fill in the gap. But here's something that said in verse 27. It says, and they lodged around the house of Elohim. This is our duty. Our duty is to lodge. Our duty is to have our domain around his house, around his presence. You know, that's one thing. When we do the Shema, we're talking about in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, what does it tell us about our children? When should our children be mindful about the Torah? All the time. 
when you're awake, when you're asleep, when you're up, when you're down, when you're drinking coffee, when you're not. You know, all of these things, when you're asleep, when you're awake. So he covers every, all the time. Because guess what? It's the very moment, the very moment that you don't, Satan can slip in. Guarding and keeping, Adam didn't guard and keep the garden. And not only did he not guard and keep, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. By not doing that, he allowed the enemy to get right into the holies of holies. Because the midst of the garden means the holies of holies where the very presence of everything is flowing. Guarding and keeping is of the utmost importance. And that's why I'm trying to say this. As parents, we have to guard and keep. It starts with us. Because this assembly is only as good as the families that's in it. And that's just the way it is. And you know what? This nation and the nations are only as good as the communities that's in it. And that's the way it works. It works from a family and it works outward. It's always been that way. And now we're part of his family. But this is what he's saying. He says, they lodged around the house of Elohim. There's a duty. That's something that they had to do. And it says, and for on them laid the duty of watching. So he's showing here that if they had the duty of watching, we have that same duty today. Now, we've been singing songs in these. Now, naturally, me and Jeremiah, we don't get together about songs and messages and all of these things. But it talked about the coming and it talked about watching and it talked about some of the things in the songs that were sung today. And it, it is something because there again, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. But whenever Yeshua was in the garden, he was in the garden and he was praying three different times. He goes back to the three disciples and what were they doing? They were sleeping. And he told them the very first time that he told Peter, the very first time when he went back after an hour of intercession, an hour of praying in the garden and pleading, he goes to Peter and he tells him something. You need to stay awake because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak in this hour of what? Temptation. Guys, when we fall asleep, that's when temptation will overtake. And when temptation will overtake, you will have sin be birthed in the area of your life or in the area of an assembly or in the area of a nation. So we have to stay awake. But we see here they were asleep. We also have a parable of the ten virgins. Now we talk about all were virgins. That means they all were believers. That's what a virgin means in this context. But here's the thing. Five were wise. Five were foolish. We talk about this at Sukkot all the time. During this time before we get there. There again, how many? The wise virgins, they were what? They were sleeping just like the foolish virgins. What's happening is, is I believe today as well as these different centuries, that the congregation of the church itself, Israel itself, is asleep at the wheel. They're asleep at the wheel. They believe they want a vehicle that drives itself. They want autopilot. They want to be and enjoy the ride, but they don't want to stay awake and look at the dangers along the way. The Father is saying that we have a duty in this life, and our duty is, is to watch. Our duty in this life is to protect his house. Amen? And this is what we have. If we're not willing to do that, guess what? You will believe a lie. You will exchange the truth for a lie, and he will move you out of the way. And these, he, this is not a game. We're beyond game play. I'm telling you, 
The enemy is alive and well. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I'm telling you, the principalities and powers are alive today just like they were back then. Remember about Yeshua, whenever Yeshua, after he had his baptism, and he came out in the Holy Spirit, led him where? Led him into the wilderness, fasted and prayed. But then at that time, who came in the wilderness to talk to him? To just make a deal. Let's make a deal behind door number one. If you do this, this is what you have. And he says, get behind me, Satan, really. And he's saying, for it is written, you shall not tempt Yahweh your Elohim. Well, I have door number two, you know. And then door number three. And finally, because he used the very word of Yahweh, the very Torah, he was told something, he used scripture back. He didn't use, he didn't lean to his own understanding. In other words, he wasn't asleep at the wheel. But Satan said something, or the word said something after that happened, when all the angels came down to minister to Yeshua, but it said Satan left for what? A more opportune time. Guys, we have victories in our life, but the enemy will only leave for a more opportune time. That's why we have to stay awake. We can't. He's coming back. You can't win a Super Bowl and then think because you won the Super Bowl, all the other Super Bowls are automatically going to be won by you. No, you got to start all over. You got to start all over with your team. You got to start all over with practices. You got to start all over with healings. There's people get banged up. There's things that happen. This is a fight that we're in. We're in a fight for this kingdom. And the thing is, is he's telling us that we have to stay awake in this journey and in this fight. So he told them here that their very duty in verse 27 was watching and they had charge of opening every morning. In other words, their charge was guarding and keeping. Let's roll to Psalms 84 verse 10. This is a psalm when we were in the charismatic movement, when we were the head, not the tail, above, not belief, when we were the killer whale and not the shark, and when we were all of these things, okay? In other words, you know, we sow a Volkswagen, we get a Cadillac. You know, all of those things when we're in that movement. Name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. That's right. Sloppy agape and all the good stuff. Okay, this is where, where we were at during that day. It had its place. I'm not making fun, which I am. But it had its place, and I had a good growth period in that time. Okay? So that's why I can have fun. But the Father didn't want us to stay there. The Father wanted to bring us back to his ancient past. He wanted to bring back because still we was from we were in his word from Matthew to Revelation. That's where we were at. When it came to the Old Testament, it's like, that's right. That's just, what is that about? We can look at some good history. We know that's what he was trying to bring us back to was the beginning. So, it's the, but in this, and I thought about this verse, and I just pulled this out because this is one of the songs of the sons of Korah because we used to sing this. This was part of a song that we sang, but we'd always say, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Y'all remember that song? Boy, we'd sing that, and we'd raise our hands, and we'd sway our hips, and we'd turkazia in the Christian world. I don't know what a Christian turkazia looks like. But we would do whatever we would do. But I never remembered the second part of that song. And it says this, I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of Elohim. Some says I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Elohim than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. 
I don't remember singing that part of this verse. Now, maybe we did, and I was asleep. Maybe I just fell out in the spirit in, in the first part of the verse. I don't know where I was at. But I thought, this is the most important part of the verse. Is, is I would rather be a gatekeeper. In other words, I would rather have my duty and do what I need to do in his house than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Do you know that's what uh, Joshua was talking about in Joshua 2 in us? Uh, you know, 14 through 16. You know what, Tammy, do me a favor. Go to Joshua 24, 14 and 16. If you guys want to go there, I'm going to let her read that because I don't have that up here on mine. But, you know, this is where he was telling them, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. But I did think it was very interesting what Joshua told them. And in verse 14, have you, are you there? Joshua 24. Joshua 24, 14 through 16. I hope that's what it is. Now, therefore, fear Yahweh and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve Yahweh. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve Yahweh, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. The people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake Yahweh to serve other gods. Amen. Totally opposite. He gave them a choice. He said, here's the deal, guys. This is the way it is. Apple fritters or celery? Which one are you going to choose? For me, I choose apple fritter every day. We do have a celery in the crowd. That's okay. But really and truly, what did he do? He gave them a choice. I mean, he laid it right out there. He wasn't playing games. He was just saying, this is not a game, and this is what's going to happen. He says, right now, you need to make a choice. We've messed up. When we went into Jericho and Achan took the things he wasn't supposed to take, they went to I. I say AI, but it's I. They went in there, and they didn't inquire. And what happened to them? They got defeated. Then we go right after that. They get real holy again. And they pray, and the Spirit falls on them, and they sing a good song. And then they go in there, and they, they beat Ai. But then right after that, what do they do? The Gibeonites come in, and they dress up like they was at Goodwill. And they come rolling on in there, and then they have, they have food from whenever the restaurants close, and they put everything out in the dumpster. They go dumpster diving, and they bring all the food up here and say, man, we come a long way. We come a long way. You can tell. We ain't, we ain't your neighbor. You can tell. That's right. Watch Goodwill. I know. I ain't going to be on the about that last week. But the thing about it is, is they, they and then what do they do? Remember, we talked about that last week. Joshua said, Gibeonite said, Israel said, the mama said, the daddy said, the baby said, I want something to eat. Everybody's saying something. But what did it say? Nobody inquired of Yahweh during this whole said thing. Everything's going on, but nobody talks to Yahweh. And Yahweh is sitting there. And you would think after Achan and what happened to Ai, when you would not Joshua's first rodeo, he went through the whole wilderness with these people. And Moses, and he saw where Moses messed up when he was supposed to speak to the rock, and he struck the rock, and he saw what it cost him. He ought to know that the father's serious about his last week at his business. But yet, it showed us, and then what did we see with the Gibeonites last week? It said, in the children of Israel, the, 
the nation of Israel grumbled against the leader down, but you know what? They needed to. They needed to because the leadership left them, let them down because the leadership wasn't watching and keeping. It's our job here. Look, guys, I'm going to just stay at the beginning. Fathers and mothers, it's your job to pray. It's your job to pray and seek the Father for everything that happens. Do you need a new set of tires or do you need a new car? You need to pray. Because if you make the wrong choice, if you let the flesh get in it, then you're going to get upside down into something. This is where children need to learn to pray. Pray for your parents. You young people, young people, pray for your parents. Look, we just not eat in a bag of chips. It's work to be parents. It's work to be good parents. All children are not exactly the same. Some come with a little bit more personality than the other ones do. And it's a little bit more work for the parents on certain personality children. That's okay because the Father equips us. Remember we talked about? He called Moses not because Moses could do the job. He called Moses, but when he called him, then he equipped him to do the job. If you have one child, he will equip you for one child. But if you have eight children or 28 children, he will equip you because that's what he told you he would do. Be fruitful and multiply, and if you believe it, he will equip you to do what you need to do. That's part of faith, and that's part of what he does. But it doesn't mean that we can just fly by the seat of our pants and lean to our own understanding. He believes he is it's there for us to communicate and say, Father, what am I to do with this child? You know, what am I, Moses, what am I to do with this people? You know, and so you see these examples through the Scripture that they're there for us to watch and pray. The examples from all of these different angles show us that watching and praying is of the utmost importance because I'm telling you, because Joshua gave them the choice. If you're not going to do what you need to do, then you need to get doing what you're going to do. And let the Father then do, because you know what? You don't belong to me. You belong to him. And that's just the way it is. I hope and pray when people are called at River of Life, if you're called here, you need to be here because we need you. If you're not called here, you can visit all the time you want to, you know. But there's a place, and we're going to see this, there's a duty that's involved in a community. There's duty that's involved. I mean, when a mother and father, I mean, they have children, you know, and, and you just say, okay, all your children, y'all just do what you want to do. You know, y'all go out and buy your groceries, y'all go out there. And, no, you don't do that. And so we're his children, and there's a duty that happens to us, and there's a responsibility. So he's telling us that I would rather be a gatekeeper in his house than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness because, guys, whether you like it or not, you're going to do one or the other. If you're not going to be a gatekeeper, then you're going to dwell with the wicked. It's just out there that plain. Psalms 127. Y'all know this one. We just throw this one in there for good measure. Unless Yahweh builds the house, he who builds it labors in what? Vain. Unless Yahweh watches over the city, the watchman who's commanded to be a watchman. Okay, we're commanded to be watchmen, but it's saying this. And it's saying, but even the watchman. So what is he saying here? In vain, unless Yahweh watches over the city. So what is he saying here? You know what vain is? It's inflated pride in oneself. 
In other words, it's an overweight person who's, who's got overweight pride. That's what it is. Not an overweight person. I'm sorry. It's overweight pride of a person. Inflated. In other words, it's beyond. It's like, it's, it's like pride on steroids is what that is. Okay? So inflated pride is what it is. Because there's pride, and then there's pride. And this vein, that's what he's trying to say here, that this is inflated pride. So he's saying that unless Yahweh builds the house, they that build it labor in vain. Because what he's really telling you this is it. Telling us this is this. Yahweh, and you're trying to do all the, and he's got to be active in this. Because if not, you're trying to build a house, and you're trying to do all that you're doing by leaning to your own understanding. Same way, no different than this place at River of Life. If we try to run this place leaning to our own understanding, me and the elders and whoever, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because we're going to make fleshly decisions. It takes prayer. And do you know what helps us? You do. You interceding and you praying. Look, you don't have to say much. Just tell on us a little bit every day. That is great. And if you don't like something, just tell the Father. And the Father will get our, he'll jerk us by the neck. He'll know what to do to get us going. Pray for one another. Watching and praying is all goes together. And this is what he was saying. So I just wanted to throw that little scripture out there. All right, let's go. Um, Chronicles 10, I can't miss this. Trying to do a little bit of a speed teaching because of time. But 1 Chronicles 10, 13, and 14, guys, Saul was a, he was a king. Saul was a little bit important in Israel's life. Okay? Because really and truly, in this setting here, Saul was the go-between between Yahweh and all the people. This is what this is representing. Saul got himself in a predicament because of disobedience. And because of his lack of obedience, it caused him now to seek counsel somewhere else. This has happened time and time and time again through history of pastors and everybody else that's in the mix. But here's an example. It says, Saul died for his breach of faith. Now, I have the ESV, and that's the very same terminology that we read in 1 Chronicles 9-1 that caused Israel to go into captivity or Judah to go into captivity to Babylon. For their breach of faith, which really means their disobedience to his way, always word. So you're seeing here that Saul died for his disobedience or his unfaithfulness to Yahweh's word. And it said this, he broke faith with Yahweh in that he did not keep his command or he did not keep the command of Yahweh. And then he did something else. Not only did he not do it, he got in a panic and it said he also consulted a medium doing what? Seeking guidance. So here... This is what happens, and when you do this, this is what we call the ultimate betrayal. When you go to mediums, and you go to witches, and you go to sorcery, and you go to all of these things seeking guidance, he is now, look what he's trying to say. He's trying to seek guidance of how to run Israel now from mediums and from the dead because all he had to do was repent, or really all he had to do was just simply be obedient to what Yahweh said but in Saul's case, like in all cases, Saul was given a command. And when he was given the command, he didn't heed the command. 
And then when the prophet Samuel shows up and said, you didn't heed the command. And he says, well, it's these people. Adam said, it's the woman. And woman said, well, it's the serpent. We always seem to not take ownership when we're disobedient. To be a watchman, we have to take ownership when we've been disobedient. We have to repent. We have to straighten out the ways. We can't blame our neighbor. We can't blame our wife. We can't blame, blame, blame. You have to, to be a doorkeeper. Guys, that's a responsibility in our life. We have to take ownership. Do we make bad choices in our life? Absolutely we do. And we have made bad choices in our life. And there's choices. And you know what? When you make bad choices, guess what? There's repercussions that happen when we make these bad choices. And it can be anything. You know, uh, I can, look, I worked. I was a laborer. I make bad choices by not lifting properly. What's going to happen to my bangs? It's going to let me know of the bad choices that I made when I get older. These are the things that happen. It's not nobody else's fault of the way I was lifting things. You know, now when you're gray-headed or losing your hair, you get to a place to where you say, I work smarter instead of what? Harder. I mean, there's things that happen because if you want to be able to function, you know, Brother Herman tell you, you want to be able to function when you're 105. The thing is, you got to take care of yourself when you're 77. And these are the things that happen. And then what? Then 47 and then 27. He'll tell you that, and I will tell you that because I've had some back problems before. I've learned, still work, still do what I need to do, but I, I, I don't bend over like I used to to pick something up. And then if something's too heavy, I get help. You know what I'm saying? I get Tammy. And then, what are y'all laughing about? They laughing at you, girl. I'm just throwing that on out there. I'll repent later. Amen. But so what happens is, as you see, we're Saul. And then it said this in verse 14. It said, he did not seek guidance from Yahweh. He just kept doubling down. Guys, when you're in sin, stop. Stop. Don't double down. Triple down. Quadruple down. This right here shows you the end of that is death. Can I just say that to everybody? The end of that is death. So just know, if you get in trouble, stop and repent. Own it. Yahweh already knows what you did. You're not going to surprise him when you tell him. I mean, my goodness. You know? My, just saying. Okay. Let's start in Mark 13, and we'll end up with these scriptures here. There is. I know I do want Nehemiah 10, but. Okay, here's what's happening. These are in the days. Mark 13, verse 32, on down. It says this, now concerning the day and the hour, no one knows. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Anybody know exactly the day, the hour, the time, the minute, and all that Yeshua is going to return? Raise your hand. Because if you knew, we could stop the teaching right here. Okay, I don't see any hands. Okay. Somebody might, through HRN, they might send us a note. I don't know. Maybe they know. If they do, I'll let you know if it happens, okay? Okay, so nobody knows the time and the hour. That's settled. Amen? Can we say that's settled? That's settled. Okay. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Can we say that that's settled? That's settled. Okay. 
You can't summon angels. They ain't going to tell you either, okay? That's settled. Now, we do know that in the Sukkot season, at the Feast of Trumpets one day, he's coming. And we're going to hear that trumpet sound. We know that. But we don't know which one it is. But do you know what? This, when was this written? Think about it. In probably in the 60 ADs. Same story hasn't changed. Same message hasn't changed. Do you know what this means? Every generation from the 60s till now, we have the same duty to watch for his coming. Every generation has the responsibility to watch. Even though those who were watching and he didn't come, you know what? They're going to be rewarded for what? Watching. They're going to be rewarded for diligently standing guard at the gate. Now, we can see we went through the dark ages. So somebody didn't watch because we have a reformation that happened. But today he's doing something because I'm telling you as a Baptist and an assembly of God and a charismatic and a nomadic, I went through all the stages. I'm now standing up here looking funny with this Toledo. And I wasn't raised this way. But you know what? This is symbolic of us going back to the ancient past. It's speaking something. This right here doesn't do anything. It doesn't impress Yeshua at all. It don't impress him to have a Talit on. But what I'm doing is, is I'm doing what I'm doing. Now, the kippah I wear for this reason to show everybody and to show him and acknowledge him that I'm under authority. Because that's what the priest did. But I'm just saying this is had their head cut. That's why I do it. I don't condemn anybody else that does it or don't do it. But I'm just saying this is why I do it. But what I'm trying to tell you is, guarding and keeping it and about what you wear. It comes from here first. And then from here, you will see how what people wear is if they're, if they're serious about this or not. Okay? Because it talks about really everything keeping his commandments. So we see here that nobody knows, but what does he say in verse 33? What's the first thing he says in your word? So, stay alert. Be on guard. Keep awake. Be on guard and keep awake. And I'm just showing you and telling you this. Everybody from the time that this was written till now had the same mandate. It's never changed. And we are still to do it. And do you know what? Go to sleep. Because I'm telling you, we already know the parables and we already know the story that the ten virgins, they were all sleeping. And I can tell you the church as a whole today is asleep at the wheel. Okay, they're asleep at the wheel. And I mean, and they're sleeping. I can hear them snoring. They're so deep in sleep. But there are a remnant that's awake, and the remnant's job is, is to be a watchman and to be a watchman on the wall to be able to call out and say, stay awake, come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. You still have this mandate today. It's no different. And this is our job until Yeshua returns. Then he tells us a story. He says, this is like a man going on a journey. Did a man go on a journey 2,000 years ago? Death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. There's a man going on a journey. And it says, and when he leaves home, he puts somebody in charge. Hello, servants. We're in charge right now with a duty. Because the ones before us, they had their chance to be in charge of this vineyard. 
right now we're in charge of this vineyard, whether you like it or not. And he's given you the power and authority. He's given you his word and he's given you his ruach to be able to be good gardeners. And to keep watch and to keep the canker worms out and to keep the bugs out. And to keep the mosquitoes and the horse flies down. And all of these things is what he's doing. Keep the grasshoppers out. But he's saying that he put his servants in charge, what? Each with his work. Each one of us has a work. Each one of us has a calling. And remember this. Here's, this is very important. If he's called you to do something, he will equip you in your calling. But stay in your lane. If you want to be the pastor, you can have at it. But I'm going to tell you, it's work. Because I knew that if I didn't do what he called me to do, I was done. Stick a fork in me, I was done. And I was, I was smart enough to know. I said, Father, I can't speak. I don't like my wife. She's got the gift of speaking. Yeah, you do. I was going to say the gift of gab, but I knew better. Okay? But the gift of speaking. Holy gab, that's right. The gift. I don't have the gift of holy gab. I just don't. I mean, sometimes I will overtalk situations because I'm an exhorter, and when I'm one-on-one, I'll tell you how to do something ten times, and Jeremiah's like, please. You know, when we work together, please. Turn the radio on or something, please. Okay, I, I know what you're saying. All right? So I, I do have that issue, okay? But the biggest thing is, is this, is that the Father is giving us opportunity to do what we need to do in our work that he has equipped us to do. And then he says, and he commands, because this is why I chose the scripture, he commands the doorkeeper, the gatekeeper, to do something. Here again, keep watch. Stay awake. Don't go to sleep at the wheel. You're going to hear this in this ministry until you're sick and tired of it. And if you fall asleep, I'm going to throw a firecracker at you. Okay? A spiritual firecracker, if it doesn't work, we'll do a regular firecracker. And if the firecrackers don't work, we'll just come up to maybe M80s until half a stick of dynamite. We got to, guys, we got a job to do. We have to stay awake. There's so much craziness. There's so much wickedness and evil in this world. And you know what? There's so many voices that's out there. We need to stay focused. Don't look to the left or the right. Look straight ahead or look up. We got to stay awake and find out what he's doing. And if we will do it, if we will just simply say, Father, what in the world is going on? And he'll say, I'll tell you what in the world's going on. Because he loves us. But if we do like Joshua on my heart, I know the elders have this make a wrong move here. This is this this is burden on my heart. I know the elders have this same burden. We're responsible. And we don't people this lightly, because if you do a wrong move, you can lose half of a congregation. You can lose people. Because of wrong moves and not doing. Everybody has feet. We're not ruling. But the thing about it is, is it's important what we do that we're not, we're not ruling on our feelings. But we're ruling according to this word. Because then he promises us that he will take care of the feelings. But if I'm sitting here trying to do things on people's feelings, all I'm going to do, because I can tell you this, I can't make everybody in this, this building happy. I can't. It's hard probably as parents that has a larger family trying to make all your children happy. You know, what movie are we going to watch? How many answers do you get? Does everybody agree with what movie I want to watch? It's, eh, no, I don't work that way. You know, next time you go to the store, you've rented eight movies. You don't have time. <clears throat> but this is, so his word, we got to stick with that. 
Then he says this. 13, uh, in verse 35, he says, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. People, he's coming. I just can't tell you when. So what does he say? Then he says, in the evening, at midnight, when the rooster crows, and in the morning. There's four watches. Starts at 6 in the evening, 6 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 3, and 3 to 6. These are the four watches in Scripture, and you'll see the four watches. And all of these watches are when? These are at nighttime. What do we usually do at nighttime? We sleep. That's a good idea. We sleep. But guess when the enemy will usually come in? He will come in when we're supposed to be sleeping. And so what do you do? You have to put watches out there. And this is what they do. They had to watch to guard the city. Remember Nehemiah? Because we're going to the gates later. But the thing, what did Nehemiah? He had to set watches out. He said, I'm tired of you merchants rolling in here on Shabbat selling your Christian stuff. You stop that, and then they shut it down, and they didn't come in. But then what did they do? Where did the merchants go? Right outside the city walls. Why? Because people wanted to go out there to the flea market. They wanted to see what was happening on the outside of the walls. So it was enticing the people. And finally, Nehemiah said, I'm going to put you to death. I'm tired of this. I'm serious about this. Shabbat, shut it down. Don't even come here. Stay out. Where away from us. So you see the importance of, of this of being able to do and keep watch. Then he says this, he says, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And then he says this, and what I say to you, now remember what he's saying here, what I say to you, he's speaking to somebody here, the same thing that I'm speaking to you, I'm saying to who? Everybody and every generation. What I'm saying to you, I say to all. And he ends it with two words. Stay awake. Stay awake. And he's given us this mandate. Last scripture. We'll close with this. Nehemiah 10, 39. It says, For the people of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contribution of grain, wine and oil to the chambers, where the vessels of the sanctuary are, now, this is talking about his house, as well as the priest who minister and the gatekeepers. They're part of this. And the singers. What does he end with? We will not neglect the house of our Elohim. Guys, that's our mandate. That's been what this whole teaching's been about. We will. We need to make this declaration that we will not neglect the house of of Elohim by his grace it's his grace that's what grace is the power and the desire that he gives us to do his will and to perform his word that's the definition of grace that's why we need to know that his grace and mercies is renewed when every morning not every new moon every morning his mercies and his grace is renewed because we need that to be able to perform this task because the enemy is formable and he wants to destroy what Yahweh is doing Amen. Redeemer.